episode 99 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you talking Knicks, NBA, and the playoffs. Let's do it. Oh, maybe the most excited I've been for a show in the 99 episodes <laughs> that I've done. I can't wait. I'm super excited for Sunday. Knicks tip it off against the Hawks at the Garden, home court in the first round for the fourth-seeded Knicks against a tough team in the fifth-seeded Hawks. Knicks have had a good time with them this season, has have beaten them multiple times, but obviously it's the playoffs. Anything can happen, and I'm excited to see how the Knicks do going forward. We'll talk about how they got to the fourth seed in just a second, and we're doing a full playoff preview with one exception, of course, we don't know all of the 16 teams that are in. The playing games have not been completed by the time I record the podcast. Two spots still available. One in the East, one in the West. We'll dive in a little bit to those games as well. Let's start how the Knicks got to the fourth seed. Three home games at the Garden to try and clinch it. I'll tell you what. What a weird uh, week it was for me last week. Because I'm doing the show, as I'm signing off, the Knicks are down big. Down big. Probably, I think it was like a 15, 16 point lead. Maybe I'm over, it was like 13 or 14, something like that. It was around that mark. I remember thinking, oh, the Knicks are probably going to lose. Because it was my only time I could record it. I had to go to work after that. And I'm keeping my eye on the game as I'm going to work. And the Knicks turn it around in the fourth. A remarkable recovery. They outscored the, 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 the Spurs by eight in the fourth after really cutting that third quarter lead down as well. Knicks come all the way back behind 30 points, by the way, from Alec Burks. Huge win over the Spurs, 102-98. It's been the Spurs... Uh, It's a microcosm of the Spurs season. Spurs have had good starts to games, have not finished them well against good teams. The Knicks made them pay and came back from double digits to beat them by four. 24 from R.J. Barrett, 25 from Julius Randle, who made all 10 of his free throws and was fantastic. But Alec Burks, 30-10 off the bench, 5 of 10 from deep. He made a huge difference in this game. Knicks win it by four. That was a big win at the time to keep pace with Miami and Atlanta for that fourth spot. It was really a big win that the Knicks were able to pick up at the time. Then the Charlotte game. Again, Knicks were in some trouble down the stretch, but they were able to come back. They were outscored in the third and the fourth quarter. Both teams had chances to win it down the stretch. And then at the end, Knicks weren't able to get it done at the end of over. Sorry, sorry, I should say at the end of regulation. But in overtime, they got it done. 118-109. Something about the Knicks' strong starts at home specifically in overtimes that have been crucial. Knicks had five players in double figures. Randall with 33. 17 from Reggie Bullock when they really needed it because Peyton... And Barrett didn't give the Knicks much as far as points from the starters. But Derrick Rose had 14, sorry, 15. Alec Burks had 14. And Emmanuel quickly had big 13 points off the bench. Knicks needed all of them. 118-109 against another team that ended up making the play-ins. That's a huge win 
for the Knicks again to keep pace, you know, keep the run going and get very close at that point to clinching not only the fourth seed, but home court in the first round. And then the Knicks would go on and, and do just that. Listen, I was a little worried with the way the Knicks finished their final game of the regular season. They let Boston back in the game. Nick Knicks waxed Boston in the first half, waxed them. And again, listen, Boston was without some of their key players, most of their key players, obviously. So they, they did not have a great showing in the first half, specifically that second quarter. But they fought back, and the Knicks had to make some shots late, some free throws late, but the Knicks recovered extremely well to win it 96-92. to Barrett had 22 big points. Julius Randle was doing his thing, 20 points. 16 from Reggie Bullock, and 17 again from Alec Burks, the man of the moment. Huge for the Knicks. And the Knicks clinched it. The fourth seed, home court, and they got the best possible matchup. I think when you look at the matchups the Knicks could have gotten, this was the one. I know that I was looking at it. I think many of you were looking at it as well. Who were the Knicks going to get in the first round? It was either going to be the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, or the Hawks. And out of all four of those, I think anyone who's, who's watched this team all season was hoping the Knicks would get the Hawks in a home court situation. That's exactly what they got. They'll tip it off on Sunday in the 4-5 matchup in the East. Winner will take on either the Sixers, who will be heavily favored, against the winner of the play-in game between Washington and Indiana. Let's start there, because I do want to get into the playoff matchups. We don't know yet the eight seeds for both the East and the West. So let's start with that. I think we look at the East first, because that game is going to go on later on today on the Thursday when the podcast is recorded. You'll know the result, but I want to dive a little bit into it. Pacers looked really good against a Hornets team that did not look up for it. Hornets, uh, as the as the TNT crew inside the NBA say, they were they were already going one two three Cancun out of the huddle. They were they were already getting their fishing rods and they were heading down to the harbor. It, it was a really rough showing from Charlotte. I I think a lot of people expected a lot better from them. I did. I picked the Pacers to win because I think people were were discounting the experience on that team. But the Hornets did not even show up to Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and it was a rout from the beginning. It was a blowout from the beginning. The, the, the Hornets did not show up. So the, the Indiana rolled them over from the get-go. Doug McDermott had 16 points in the first quarter, and it, they all came in the first five minutes. First NBA player to do that. I think in playoff, or I should say, it was either this season or, or in the history of the Pacers, something like that. A crazy stat. He couldn't miss. And, and, the, and the Hornets never recovered. They just never were able to get anywhere near Indiana. And, and listen, the Wizards, underwhelming. Specifically in the second half in Boston. And I get it, Tatum dropped 50. But I thought the Wizards still could have won that game. They were given plenty of opportunities to beat Boston and didn't take any of them. So I, I think the Wizards may live to regret that. They may live to regret that because they should have won that game, I think. If they were playing anywhere near where they would normally play, they would have beaten Boston, even with 50 from Tatum. So I was a little disappointed in the way the Wizards played in that first play-in game. 
So I, I think they could be in some trouble tonight. I really do. I think the Pacers might beat them. I think a lot of people were expecting Boston and, and the Wizards to go through. I was as well. But after that you know, first performance with the lights on and everything on the line, playoff spot up for grabs, Wizards did not play great. They did not look good. Bradley Beal, you know, is still not 100%. He's still trying to test out that hamstring. And he, he came up pulling it a couple times. I should say kept holding it throughout the night. So I'm not thrilled with where he's at at the moment. Pacers have momentum. Sabonis didn't play great either. If he's on and he's played well against the Wizards this season, I think Indiana's going to beat him. I really do. So we'll see how that one goes. Then on the west side, what a play-in game last night on the Wednesday. Uh, LeBron and Steph Curry brought it. It was incredible. I wish we could have had a seven-game series of that. It was immensely, immensely fun to watch. LeBron hits a crazy three in the final minute with uh, him not being able to see well after getting poked in the eye by Draymond Green. Steph Curry can't corral it on the inbounds pass on the final play with two seconds left. Can't get a shot off. 103-100 Lakers move on to play the Suns. Very interesting first-round matchup. That could go either way. If it's the Lakers at full strength, Suns could be in some trouble. So it's very interesting to see how that's going to play out. Obviously, should have mentioned this as well, the Nets get the Celtics in the first round. If Jason Tatum keeps playing like that, Nets could be in for a fight. I I, I don't think this is going to be the walkover many think it will be. I think if Boston can, can get the shooting they've gotten... From Tatum, maybe Marcus Smart as well. We'll dive a little bit more to this later. That could be a series. So we'll dive in again. We'll look into that later on. But a couple of interesting play-ins that have already been set up for playoff series that are very interesting. So now the the Jazz wait in the West and the Sixers wait in the East. The Sixers will get the Pacer Wizard winner. On the West side, Memphis beat San Antonio and against the 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 story of the season for the Spurs. They got off to a great start. They looked great in the first half, looked okay in the third quarter, but Memphis outplayed them down the stretch like we've seen with many games where the Sun, uh, sorry, the Spurs have played against good teams. They cannot hang for 48 minutes. They got worn down late on, couldn't make shots, and when the when Memphis took the lead, it was too little too late for San Antonio. So 196 was the final. Memphis moves on. And they'll get the Golden State Warriors for a chance to play the Utah Jazz, the team with the best record in the NBA, in the first round. I'm excited for it. I think Golden State's probably going to win. And honestly, if Golden State wins, I think Utah could be in a little bit of trouble. I know Mike Connolly can probably give Steph Curry a really tough showing. I know the Lakers weren't at full strength. But if Steph Curry keeps playing the way he's playing, Utah's going to be in for it. It is not going to be an easy fight in the first round. Because if the Lakers perimeter can't deal with Curry and hold him to under 30 points, I don't know if Utah's can. In over seven games, I think I think Golden State could get them. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But we'll see. Anyway, Golden State-Memphis... On, the, on Friday, followed, or I should say, after Indiana-Washington. Still two solid play-in matchups there. I think the Wizards will be favored, but I think Indiana don't look now. But the Pacers are gaining some momentum. 
I'm not saying they're going to make it tough in the first round on a team, but you know, I don't know if the Sixers will have to be worried too much, but I'm not sure the Wizards are a shoe-in here. I think the Wizards, <laughs> Wizards did not look great, man. So the Pacers could really maybe take advantage of that and move on to the playoffs. And on the west side of things, Memphis and Golden State, I think Golden State will be heavily favored because they could have beaten the Lakers and probably should have. They had, they had a double-digit lead for a while there in the middle stages of that game, and then things did not go their way down the stretch. But if Draymond keeps defending the way he's defending, the supporting cast like Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney, they keep playing the way they're playing, Golden State should beat Memphis and then possibly give Utah a little bit of an issue. So real quick, before I dive into the playoff matchups, I'm going to pick the play-in games. I think Indiana beats Washington tonight. You guys will know the result when the podcast goes out on Friday. Um, I think that they'll win. I think that they'll probably lose to the Sixers. That's where I'm going to, you know, I can't dive too much more into that because we don't know who's actually going to play the Sixers. But I think Indiana beats them, and I think they they could get a game or two off the Sixers. I just don't know if they'll be able to do it. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I think the one thing that Sixers fans have to be worried about is no matter who wins this game, whoever they get, they're going to be ready. You're going to have to bring that same intensity. They're going to be used to playing in these playoff playing scenarios. Sixers are a team that could get caught out. Couldn't, you know, show up and they're not ready. You know, under Doc Rivers, you'd hope they wouldn't be, but these guys on the team have been known to not show up at times for big games. So you'd hope that the Sixers would be ready. For Utah, I think you're praying that Memphis wins. I really do. I think you're praying for a Memphis upset because if if you get the Grizzlies, it should be a walk in the park for Utah in the first round. If not, and I think Golden State's going to win, it could be a dogfight. It really could. These are championship winners, multi-champions, three-time NBA champions coming to your building for a seven-game series. I, I think Utah's going to have their hands full if Golden State makes it I think they will I think Golden State will go through and I think John Morant's uh, bid in a first NBA playoffs will be stopped at the final hurdle for a second season in a row so it's it's crazy but I do I think Golden State wins on the Friday game I think when you'll you'll know the result but I think Indiana will beat the Wizards and that'll set up a hell of an NBA NBA playoffs it really will I think all eight matchups are going to be awesome. I, I really do. All right. We've set the scene. Let's start diving into some of these. That's basically the rest of the show. Because I, I, I want to touch on every playoff matchup. We've gone through the possible 1-8 scenarios. There's not much more I can say. Because at the time of recording, we don't know who's playing in either game. You won't know, by the time you likely listen to this, who's playing in the West. So we're only going to know the East anyway. So might as well not dive too much into that. I think... Potentially, the Sixers and the Jazz could both have their hands full in the first round. But for now, we'll have to see what happens in those play-in games. So in the meantime, let's start in the East, where Brooklyn will play Boston in the 2-7. I don't know who the Nets would have been rooting for, because I think either way, this is a it's going to be a tough series. I think they might have been rooting for, for the Celtics only because the Celtics are banged up. Jalen Brown is not going to play. He's out for the season with an injury. So maybe because of the lack of depth, but there's no lack of heart in this Boston team. 
I think that's the difference between Boston and the Wizards. The Wizards don't have the heart yet. And they're banged up too, but but because of the momentum they'd gained down the stretch, I think people thought, well, you don't want to play the Wizards right now. And for a little bit, I thought that too, until I saw them play Boston. And and besides Russell Westbrook and a banged up Bradley Beal, didn't look great. So I'm not, and even Westbrook didn't score a ton. So it's it's really interesting, man. I'm really, I, I think the Nets, if again, the, defensively and rebounding is their biggest issue. The Celtics don't have a ton of size, but they've got a lot of length on the perimeter and they could make it really tough on the defense for the Nets. I'm not saying the Nets are going to lose this series. I think they'll probably win in in five or six, but this is not the cakewalk I think everyone had anticipated. Now, I think game one and game two will tell us a lot. I think if Boston is competitive in those two games, it could be a good series, but if the Nets roll over them in games one and two, it will go back to Boston, and, and the crowd, even in a limited capacity, was great. I think TD Garden is a top five atmosphere in the NBA. But I, I just don't know. I, I, I'll say this. The Celtics, if they really want to push it to the distance, have to win one of the first two games because they need that momentum shot in the arm right away because Tatum's not going to score 50 every night. He might have to, but he's not going to. So I think that the Nets have to focus on the others. Can they limit Marcus Smart? You know, can they look at the rest of the guys on this roster and pick a couple out and really try to shut them down? I don't know if they're capable of doing that. But if they can, this will be a walkover. If they can, and I really, I think it, I think it could go another way here. It could be very interesting. This could go six games. The Nets, as good as they are offensively, do lack a little bit defensively. Now, with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, you'd expect them to be okay, but they haven't played a lot together this year. I think that's the biggest question mark surrounding the Nets as a whole. Harden, Irving, and Durant have been in and out of the lineup all season. I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's single digits, the amount of games they've actually played with all three of them on the floor. So this is going to be a very interesting series. And that's that's why I'm saying if the Nets can figure it out in the first two games, this could be a very short series. This could only go four or five. But if the, if the Celtics catch them with a little bit of an uppercut here, this could go the distance. It could. I think the Nets will have to win one in Brooklyn. One of those first two in particular. If they want to go six games, because I, I, if they don't get one by the time we go to Boston, I could see the Nets getting one in Boston and making it a 3 or, 3-0 or 3-1 and then finishing it off in game five. But we'll see. We'll see. This Boston team has heart. Brad Stevens is a better coach than Steve Nash by 10 country miles. So I, they're going to make it tough on Brooklyn. I really I really believe that. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for the Nets. But I think the Nets still win. I'll say the Nets in six to kind of give myself a little bit of room for error there. But I could see this going five. I really could. I, I, I think if the Nets win the first two, I think it's this game, this series likely goes five games. But if, but if the Nets clip them, or sorry, if the Nets get clipped by the Celtics in game one or two, this could go six or seven. I, I really believe that. Celtics just need a little bit of momentum now. And then they're going to probably make the Nets hurt a little bit, potentially, in this series. But I still think Brooklyn wins it. 
I do. I think they'll probably win it in six. And I think they'll move on to the next series. This next matchup is one that I, I'll preview it here, but then I got to take a break. Bucks Heat might be the best first round matchup in the entire NBA playoffs. It's right there. It's right at the top. Can the can can the Bucks get over the hump finally against the Miami Heat, or will it be more of the same story? We'll talk about that. We'll get to the rest of the playoff matchups next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Bucks Heat is probably the best first round matchup. I think it's right there. I think there's a couple in the West that would contend for that. But Bucks Heat, there's a lot of history there, recent history. I'm down in South Florida right now. I'm excited for it. Listen, I think the Heat were in the bubble last year. I think they benefited a little bit from that. But I also think that they're using that as motivation to show that, no, 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 we can do it it on your home floor as well. We can go on the road and we can beat you there too. First game of this series is going to be fascinating. I think Bam Adebayo is extremely difficult for the Bucks to deal with. I, I really think that Goran Dragic could have a big series as well. He's one of the supporting cast for this Heat team. I'm curious to see how Jimmy Butler does. If Jimmy Butler has a huge series, I don't know if the Bucks win. But the X factor is Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday continues to play like he's played in the regular season, this could go, this is a coin flip series in that regard. I really, I really believe that. This is a, probably a make-it-or-break-it playoff series for Giannis as well. Giannis cannot go two straight years getting knocked out early by the same team. Now This is legacy stuff now. This is one where Giannis has, has got to take last year in the bubble personally. Because the Heat outplayed them in every game. Even the game the Bucks won, the Heat outplayed them. So there's no excuses for the Bucks now. The Bucks have to win this series. I, I think this series goes seven games. I'm almost, like, positive it will. It just feels like that kind of series. I don't know who to pick. It, I've gone back and forth on this ever since I found out these were the two that we're going to meet. I think defensively the Heat are better. They're getting back into that ro- in, in, into that groove that they got into last season. The Bucks are a better offensive team, but I don't know defensively if they can do enough to stop... This, this this Miami Heat team, it's starting to get hot, man, down the stretch, no pun intended. They're getting where they want to be under Eric Spolstra at the right time. I could talk myself into either pick here, and I'm running out of time because I want to get to the other playoff matchups. But I'm going to go with the Heat. I think that might be a bit of a surprise. I just think that based on last year, the Heat are not scared of the Bucks. I think they feel like they can beat any team in this in this Eastern Conference. I think that people are sleeping on them a little bit again. I don't think they're going to get to the finals like they did last year. I don't. I, I think either the Nets or the Sixers are the favorites. But I and, and to be fair, if there is a third team, it is probably the Bucks. But I just think the Heat have got their number. I think they know it. I think the Bucks might even know it. I think this series goes the distance. I think it goes seven. I think the Heat will move on to the next round of the NBA playoffs. So it's going to be 
and they play the Nets in my bracket. Heat Nets would be a, a hell of an Eastern Conference semifinal. But I think that I think the Heat will beat them in seven games. I think it goes the distance, but I think Jimmy Butler and the Heat just get past the Bucks in game seven and they move on to the next round. Alright. The four five. The one I've been dying to talk about for days now. Knicks Hawks at the Garden, the four five game for a four five series in the East. Listen, I think there's... First of all, I think the Knicks had the much better of it against the Hawks in the regular season. Games were tight, but the Knicks uh, won the series handily in the regular season. I think the Knicks wanted this matchup. I think if they could have handpicked a team to play, it would be the inexperienced Atlanta Hawks, although they're inexperienced for the most part as well as far as playoffs are concerned. But the Knicks have some experience in Rose and Gibson. I think that plays a huge factor. Tom Thibodeau has more playoff experience than Nate McMillan does. I think coaching-wise, the Knicks have the advantage there as well. Home court advantage could be pivotal in this series. I think if it was the the reverse and the Hawks had four more, four, four games to three advantage as far as home court, I think maybe it goes the other way. But I think because of that, I think the way the Knicks have played at home down the stretch, the way they just have not allowed themselves to be beaten at home, to finish the regular season. Knicks, by the way, their home court record in the regular season was around 500 for a little while early on. It's now 25-11 and 11 at home in the regular season. Hawks have, on the road have been well below 500. So on paper and numbers-wise, this goes the Knicks' way. But I also think first time back at the Garden for a playoff game in seven years, I think the fans will be ready. I think the Knicks will be ready. I think Tom Thibodeau and, and his staff will be ready I think the Hawks have put up a fight. I really do. I think Trey Young and company, they, they really bolstered well during the offseason. I remember talking about that before the season started. They'll be up for it. No question. Nate McMillan will have them ready to go. But I think in six, the Knicks move on to the second round. I think that that would be a, a rubber stamp on an amazing season, an amazing first year under Tom Thibodeau. Not only to get to the playoffs, they get home court in the playoffs, And I think the Knicks, because these games have been close with the Hawks, I think the Knicks will win in six, and I think they'll move on to the next round of the NBA playoffs. I really do. I think it could go five. I think it could go five. But I do think, I think the Hawks have a chance to possibly win both at, at home. I think that's a possibility. I'm kind of factoring that in. But the Knicks have been solid on the road. They've done, they've, they've had some good road wins now. But I think that, I think the Knicks would win it in six. I think I think it's five, probably goes five or six, but I think to be on the safe side, I think Knicks will win it in six and move on to likely play the Sixers in the next round of the NBA playoffs, which could potentially be a really fun series as well. So that's the East. I've got the Knicks, I've got the Sixers, I've got the Nets, and I've got the Heat moving on to the next round in the East. I'm not going to go further than that, only because of the fact that, you know, it's one of those things at the moment where you look at it and, and it's, you know, let, let's take it one, you know, once one round at a time kind of a thing. And I also don't think I have enough time to, to get through everything. In the West, I've already got the Jazz beating either Golden State or Memphis. I think Golden State would give them a much tougher of a much tougher of a fight. But I think in six, 
I think Utah goes through. Because I think Mike Connolly, Donovan Mitchell, and company, I think that they have enough to outweigh what Golden State has. To be fair, I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State sprung a huge upset here. But I don't think that Golden State... I think I think Golden State might run out of gas here. I don't think they can win over seven games. I think they could beat a bit an injured Laker team over seven, but I don't think they can beat a fully fit Utah Jazz over seven games. I think if they do, it'll be an unbelievable feather in Steph Curry and, and Steve Kerr's caps and Draymond Green as well. No clay, you know, not a lot of depth, and you pull it out, but I think Utah wins. Then it gets interesting. Phoenix and L.A., the Lakers, in the first round is a very tasty first round series. I think more than any other series, the first two or three games will decide it. I I don't think this will be a back and forth thing. I really don't. I think either the Lakers win the first two or Phoenix might win the first two. It's going to depend on how well the Lakers are coming off that win over Golden State. Can they ride that momentum? Because the more the game, more games the Lakers play, the more dangerous they will be in these NBA playoffs. Because they will be healthy at some point, but will they be knocked out by the time they're healthy or will they still be playing? That's going to be the biggest question of maybe the entire NBA playoffs or how, how healthy the Lakers will be as the, as the playoffs go on. Phoenix at home has been so tough all season. I I can't imagine they don't get one. So I think it's probably going to be... I think Phoenix probably wins the first two. And that means, according to my crazy logic, which is so tough to just predict and even figure this stuff out, I think Phoenix is going to win this series. I think it could go six or seven, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers ran out of gas after game two. If they just struggled to deal with it, and they're, they're... The thing is, if the Lakers get one, if the Lakers win game one, I think they win this series. I really do. I think game one could really decide it, only because the Lakers will get better if, as they gain more momentum. But if Phoenix wins game one, I think they could win game two, possibly put the Lakers away in a game three, and then I don't think the Lakers recover. So I'm actually going to take Phoenix in five games. That's a bold statement. But if, I, if I'm somewhat right about how this series starts, I think I can kind of figure out how it's going to end. Now it's LeBron, who's healthy. And maybe because of that, I'm going to amend it to six. Because LeBron's in, LeBron can beat the Suns by himself. But I still think Phoenix wins. So my final prediction will be Phoenix in six. But if the Lakers mentally are running out of it in game two and maybe game three... This could be a five-game series. Because Phoenix, uh, the biggest thing that Phoenix will have to worry about is, is dealing with Anthony Davis. You know, can DeAndre Ayton and company handle him? If they can, the Phoenix can outgun this Laker team. They definitely can with Booker and Chris Paul. You know, this would be a big feather in Chris Paul's cap to beat LeBron in a seven-game series. You know, we're talking about legacy. If Chris Paul can do that, that's massive for him moving forward. So it's one of those things where we're really going to have to see how this series plays out. But for the time being, I'm taking Phoenix in six. And I think the Lakers fall in the first round. I think the injuries might catch up with them here. And the lack of playing together, that cohesiveness might let them down in the first round.
The 3-6 matchup, very strong as well. Denver and Portland. This is a coin flip series for me. I love Portland's backcourt. I think they did a very good job avoiding the play-in. They've been so good down the stretch. But Denver, the, the issue with Denver is they're shorthanded as well. It's tricky to figure out how they're going to look for the long term. They got the MVP in Nikola Jokic. Portland will want to get past the first round. They did not get past it last year. This series, uh, it's so tough to call. I think it goes seven games. And I think, man, oh man. Got a few friends who are Denver Nugget fans. I don't know. This is a tough one. I, they've, I've been told by, by people that, you know, have been around in the past. Home court can be a tiebreaker in these things. Denver's got the home court. But the lack of depth with them at times worries me. Especially in the backcourt. Portland, I mean, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Nurkic is fully healthy. They don't have Zach Collins for now. I I, I feel like almost flipping a coin here, but I'm going to take Denver in seven. I think home court will probably be what wins out here. It'd be a gut punch to Portland. It really would. They're, they expect to win. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win. I think it com- could come down kind of like it did with Denver in the first round last year with Utah. Just comes down to that final few moments. But I'm going to take Denver. I'm going to take Denver in seven. And I think they just get out of there and move on to take on what I, at the moment I've got Phoenix. Moving on. Denver Phoenix would be something. No question about that. And then the tankers. No other way to put them. The LA Clippers, who did all they can to potentially avoid a playoff series with the LA Lakers by just throwing away the last few games. They get their first round matchup from last year. They get the 4-5 this time, but they get those pesky Dallas Mavericks. Luka's going to be ready. They bolstered the roster with guys like J.J. Redick. They have Tim Hardaway. KP should be ready to go. I think I think the Clippers win this series in five games. I I don't know if Dallas is going to be able to deal with, with with a healthy Paul George. They did not have to deal with the healthy Paul George last season, and they still lost. I, I think if Paul George is hitting on all cylinders, I think the Clippers are are probably the best team in the West. Um, their depth is as good as anybody's. I think Tyron Lue at the helm worries me a little bit. I think if Doc Rivers was still in charge, I'd feel more confident. Uh, but Tyron Lue, who's won a championship, but he won it with LeBron. So that's a caveat. I, I don't know. This, this is a tough one. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like as good as Dallas has been at times this season, and as good as Luka is, Luka could win games by himself as well, much like LeBron can. I just don't know if if the depth of the Clippers is something that Dallas can deal with. And Dallas is always also an injury away from taking themselves out of a series. So I, I'm going to go with the Clippers in five and feel pretty confident I, I think it could go six um Luca I mean obviously had that buzzer beater in, in the bubble last year that that was incredible that forced that into an extra game so again he's capable I, I don't know I, I feel like if I feel like the Clippers got the matchup they wanted they're going to feel extremely confident and if they don't win uh, I think that you know Tyron Lue is going to be facing facing the firing squad so to speak publicly at the end of the season I, I think this is a year where 
The Clippers have got the path they want to get to the NBA Finals, at least get to the Conference Finals, because they didn't, you know, they totally flopped last year um, on the way. They didn't even get to the Conference Finals, losing out to Denver with a 3-1 lead in in that second round. That's just still got to be devastating for that franchise. This has got to be the year LA makes a run. This has got to be the year that the Clippers do make a run. If they don't, I I don't know what else they can do. I mean, they've got the team. It's just about, at that point, you look at mentally where are they at at this point. Listen, I, I'm going to just give you who I think is going to get out of each, each conference and who's going to win. I think in the, because I'm not going to go through every playoff matchup, but I also want to give you something, a prediction to go on because I don't want to be that guy that, you know, is doing predictions as we go here and then, you know, the only crazy prediction I make is who wins the title once the finals. So I do want to give you who I think is going to win the championship. So in the West, it, it's tougher for me in the West because I, I'm not confident in the Suns to make a, to, to get all the way. I'm, I'm not, you know, totally sold on Denver. I'm not totally sold on the Clippers. So I'm going to go with the team I'm closest to being sold on, and that's the Utah Jazz. I know that some some are saying that you know you gotta you gotta you know get get far in the playoffs and then get knocked out and then go on a run. I I think this Utah Jazz team can get to the finals this year. They're there. They are good enough. I, I I'm not sold on the Clippers. I'm just not. If it's if it was last year and this year's circumstances were in play where we weren't in a bubble. I feel, and Doc Rivers was still the coach, I would feel very good about the Clippers' chances. But even with the fact that the Clippers got the road they wanted, I'm concerned mentally about if they think they can do it. You know, I, I'd want to get the Lakers out as early as possible and not deal with them in the conference finals. But the Clippers don't want to, <laughs> don't want to face them, potentially. If they beat the Suns and the Clippers beat the Mavs, they don't want to face them. So... That that does not sound good to me. That doesn't sound confident to me. I I, I think Utah. They've been the best team all year, record wise. They they are healthy again. I think they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. I think if they get past Golden State, I think they get to the finals. I think the Clippers will give them a tough series. I think potentially Phoenix, maybe the Lakers. Who knows. I think they will give them a tough series, but I think Utah's the best team in the West. And I think specifically if the Lakers don't get going, because they're the wild card in the West, I think Utah wins the West. Uh, it's a little chalk. I can, I can, you know, I can feel the brushes coming together, being slapped outside the classroom right now. But I'm going with, I'm going with Utah. I think Utah wins the West. The East is a little bit easier because I only think there's two teams to look at. I'm not sold on the Bucs because of that first-round matchup. I think if they'd gotten anybody else but the Heat, I, I I think they'd have a real shot, but I think the Heat will beat them. So I, I can't pick the Bucs. I, I, for me, and, and I didn't think I'd be saying this, uh, I must say, earlier in the season, but I think it's either the Sixers or the Nets. Uh, I, I think the Nets, for me, I, I worry about them defensively and cohesively, how they're going to be in these playoffs. But I'm also, God, I'm sick to death of picking the Sixers because I think that they could, they're an injury away. Doc Rivers has been a letdown in the playoffs. 
So as much as I hyped him up with, you know, if he was still with the Clippers, he's with a relatively, for him, a new team still. So I don't know if he's going to be ready to take this team to the playoffs. And at that point, I'm running out of options. I don't think the Heat will get there. I think they've got the third best chance. Then the Bucks for me, and then I look at the Knicks and the Hawks. I'd love to see the Knicks stun the Sixers in a second-round series, but they got to get past a really good Atlanta team first. So, and then the other part of me is thinking, every year we think something crazy in the playoffs is going to happen. There's going to be these upsets. It's March Madness for the NBA. In the summer, or close to the summer, in May and June, but then it ends up being chalk. And the teams we expected to be there ended up being there. So I'm going to take the Sixers. Very hesitantly. But I'm going to take the Sixers. Because I think defensively they're better than Brooklyn. I, I think Joel Embiid is a matchup nightmare for them if they meet in the playoffs. And I'm honestly not convinced the Nets even get there. I, I think the Heat could knock them out too. And I sure as heck think if the Bucks find a way... They're going to have a big advantage against Brooklyn because they are much better. They're much better of a unit than the Nets are. So because of that side of the bracket, I'm going to take the Sixers. I think they've got an easier road, and and I think that they can not cruise, but because I think if they play the Knicks, they're going to get a tough series. But I, I I think that the I think the Sixers have the better path to the NBA Finals. And I think the Jazz would win it. I think if the Jazz would play the, play the Sixers, and I have no idea if that's even going to happen, I think the Jazz will take it. So I'm going to pick the Jazz. I'm taking the Jazz to win the championship. But my God, if, if you're convinced of who's going to win, I think you're lying to yourself. I have no idea. There's, there's so many question marks. And we're out of the bubble. We're out of the bubble, and there's probably more question marks than there were last year. It's insane. But I'm going to end the show there. I'm taking the Jazz to lift the Larry O'Brien at the end of the NBA playoffs. Let me know who you think is going to win each series in the comments below or at SHJ7 on Twitter. Also, let me know how you think the Knicks are going to do in the NBA playoffs against the Hawks and hopefully beyond, potentially against maybe the Sixers in the second round. And we'll have playoff basketball to talk about next week on the show. So I can't wait for that and can't wait to see the Knicks back in the playoffs. I'll talk to you then. Until then, have a great week, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.